Today, uh, God put on my heart to talk about how to share your personal testimony. Uh, Admittedly, it's a different subject, and I was like, okay. What is a personal testimony? Now, all y'all wanted to talk a minute ago, when we were praying to God, and, and, <laughs> and then we start preaching everything. What is a personal testimony? And a hush comes over the crowd. Here we go in John chapter 15, 26 through 27. It says, When the advocates come, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Lord Jesus, God, I know this word this morning is a little bit different. Lord, would you speak to our hearts? Open us up to hear exactly what you want us to hear from you. All about you, God. And none of me. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What's the most powerful thing that you can share with others? Love, okay? And God, okay? So how do you share love and God with others? Okay? Say that last part again. And what he's done for you? You mean you actually tell people that? Oh. Awesome. I want you to know I didn't practice this with her. <laughs> I know she's a PK. This is this is all heart. She wants to talk. She wants to respond. This is all heart. But here's the thing. What's the most powerful thing that you can share with others aside from Scripture, which Scripture says, God tells us in Scripture, His Word will not return void, is what God has done for you. What is a testimony? Everybody say it together. What God has done for you. That's a testimony. That's a testimony. What your life in God has meant because of what God has done for you. That is your personal testimony. So we're going to simplify this this morning, and this must be the right message because when I said, what is a personal testimony? How many people were like, I got an answer for it? No. We were ready to hear from God, right? And say, okay, what is in their personal testimony? So here we go. Number one. What I just said. First, you start with something God has done for you. 
It's that simple. So if you're taking notes, write this. Point number one, what God's done for you. He saved me from fill in the blank. He saved me from a life of alcoholism. He saved me from my anger issue. He saved me from fill in the blank. Testimony. He helped me know. He helped me know how to be a better father. He helped me know how to be a man. He helped me know. Or another possibility is what Faith just said. I never knew what love was until Jesus. I never knew. So that's where we start. Is what has God done for you? For some of us who have been living off of other relationships with God, this might be hard. Listen, I tell you guys the story all the time of when I went to Bible college thinking that I knew it all, I found out that I had been basing my relationship on God on a whole lot of other people's relationships with God. Everything that came out of my mouth was a regurgitation of something I had heard from the pulpit or from a Sunday school teacher or somebody on television. or It was, it was coined phrases. I didn't understand the heart of God. You guys have heard me talk about that before, how much it meant to me to have a, a roommate who tested the things that I believed because all of a sudden it made me understand God anew and afresh. And guys, this is what a testimony is about. You can't testify just about what God did for your grandparents or your great-grandparents or what God once did even in your life 50 years ago. God wants a new testimony in your heart and in your life. He wants to show you, I'm alive and active today. You see, a testimony is personal to you. So it's kind of hard to tell someone how exactly to do that. <laughs> but we're going to try today. <laughs> okay? We are going to try. So first, it's what has God done for you? Secondly, if you're taking notes, number two, what that means to you. So first, you're looking at what God's done for you, and then you flip it and you say, okay, because God has done this for me, here's what it means to me. Now I know I have eternity to look forward to. Because God saved me from... That was the first statement, remember? Now I know He saved me from all the muck and, and, and sin and stuff of this life, and I now have an eternity with God. Now I understand what God, with God, what being a good father should be like. Now I know what true love is. You guys get the pattern that I'm trying to do here? Each one of those first tag phrases, I talked about what God has done for me and then what that means to me because God did that for me. 
That's a testimony. You start out testifying, God is amazing. He's awesome. He's life-changing. He will change your life. And here's why. You know how I know that? Because he did it for me. Not only did he save me, but he made me a better man, made me a better Christian. He taught me to serve. You make it personal to you, who you are. And then third, because of that, God wants me to, what does it mean? So bring it back to engaging you in your life right now. And that's because of that, He wants me to tell others about eternity with Him. He wants me to help others understand what God is speaking to them. He wants me to show others what love is. Guys, this morning, I don't want you to get caught up on the tag phrases. That's not what I'm talking about. But we have been talking about what we need to be in this time and in this moment as Christians going forward. How this is an opportune moment. People are scared. Life has changed. We have faced a pandemic that nobody had faced before. This is all new to them. People's hearts are afraid. What is the void that brings all the fear? Can you imagine trying to live life without God right now? I can't. I would be scared witless, right? I'd just be like, holy cow, something could happen tomorrow. But what does it mean being a Christian, knowing that you have a God that created you for a purpose? Do you still live in that same fear? You shouldn't. Because you know God created you for a purpose. If he wanted me in heaven right now, guess where I'd be? If he wants me here right now, where will I be? If he wants me to work where I work, where will I be? That is the faith and the hope that we have as Christians, is that we know no matter the circumstances, no matter the chaos of this world, we're where God wants us to be. If we put our faith and our hope in Him, listen, how many times did Satan try to kill David? How many times did he try to stump Jesus? How many times has the enemy tried to destroy your life? It's part of it. But listen, we have a hope and an assurance that despite what the enemy's plans are, God is in control of you. Christians, listen to me. You need to share that with this world right now. They need to know that they don't have to live in fear. They need to know that God's got this. God's got this. We used to sing a song. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world. You kids know this? In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hand. Do you believe it? 
Christians, now more than any time I can think of in my life, we have got to testify to that. He's got this world in his hands. It doesn't matter whether there's riots in the street. It doesn't matter whether there's a pandemic out there. Now listen, I'm not telling you be dumb, go do things, don't wear face mask, don't don't do social distancing. I'm not telling you to be the dummy who spreads everything. <laughs> okay? Listen to my heart. God desires in this moment for us to share who is in control. Because I'm telling you right now, in this world, in this political climate, both parties think they need to be in control. Come on. You guys have seen it, right? Both parties think they need to be in control. They think they're right. Who's right? I see you pointing, I hear it. God, God, God. God is right. Let me, okay. Are you always right? Am I always right? Look at my wife. (laughs) Okay? Listen. For some reason in life, we feel like there's this pressure to be something. To do something. But listen, when you feel that, when you feel that and that's your response, that's an opportunity. God is reminding you to tell, tell yourself who's in control. Who's in control of your life, Rodney? God. Not you. God. Trust it. Trust it. If we know God is in control over our lives, trust God. Do everything we can to trust God. And here are the facts. We sing, blessed be your name, all the time. What is the tagline in that song? You give and take away, you give and take away, my heart should stay, blessed be your name. Right? Do you believe that? (sighs) Guys, the way that the world works is fear is the first opening into our hearts. Sin sets in, and we begin to question everything. Have you ever met somebody who they don't want truth, they don't want anything, all that they do is question? Everybody say, that sounds like America, (laughs) right? All they do is question anymore. Have you met that person? They don't really listen to what you're saying. They don't really want to hear anything. They just want to question everything. What are they searching for? They're searching. That's right. For God. They are searching for God. To fill the void in their life, that hole in their life, with God. So here we go this morning. Are you ready? 
I hope you're ready. Lord, I did what you told me to do. <laughs> so, a personal testimony is just that simple. Okay? We complicate it. We think that we have to have the right word for every situation, for everything. Listen, in order to be a soul winner, in order to, what that means is to see people saved for God. You don't win anything, by the way, other than knowing that you're serving the purpose that God put you here on earth. But if you want to see people come to God, you want to be able to, to point them in the right direction, this is what it takes right here. And it's simple. It's not complicated. Personal testimony. What has God done for you? What does that mean to you? Now God wants me to what? That's it. Break it down into three simple things. So guys, do you see? Now, real time here, you're not going to have Pastor Justin asking you questions when you're testifying to people. Okay? So let's take this to a, to a real moment here. You're going to have to be able to do this just you in the world. When people, when God opens up a window where you can drop a nugget into their life, be willing to say, hey, you know what? What you're telling me right now, I know that you're going through a hard time. I know that you're struggling. I was too. I've been there. And here's what God did for me. God helped me see past the circumstance I was in. God healed me. He showed me his love. And then he sent me out to be able to talk to you about him. Listen, church, I want you to look around the room. There is an army in this room right now. We used to sing praises about being God's army. There is a military force in this room right now. Now here is what I'm not exciting. I'm not trying to stir you to overthrow the government. <laughs> okay? <laughs> it's not what preachers do. If they do, <laughs> they need to pray. Okay? That's not what I'm trying to do. Here is what I am trying to do. God wants to use you, this military that he has created, he has raised up, he has trained, and he wants to use us now for his glory and benefit. But we have got to have the tools in place to be able to fight the battle. We've got to be able to get the words out of our mouths. We've got to be able to do the work. You understand what the point of this morning was? It's to simplify something that stops us. The enemy literally chokes out the word of God in our lives because we're afraid to speak about the things of God. When you're at work, listen, God opens up windows of opportunity that you can share what he's done in your life. You don't have to quote Scripture to be able to tell somebody about God. Now, you need to read Scripture. Don't get me wrong. 
is just like we talked about before. The most important thing you can do is get the word of God in you because his word doesn't return void. However, there are people out there where if you quote scripture to them, they will shut down. That should excite you, folks. When you see somebody run from scripture, what does that mean? That means the enemy has fortified a fort around them. They can't hear the word of God without cringing. Have you read the New Testament? Usually that means they are being influenced by the wrong side. That should excite you as a Christian. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Can he hold a carrot to God? No. So don't be afraid of whatever he's got planned. Instead, start praying. Ignite. Put the power to your words. That's what prayer is. We've got to start praying. And then ask God, what can I be in this moment? What can I say? Is there a testimony I have that can point this person towards you? I tell you guys all the time, one of my best friends in the world, my buddy Brandon, when I started working with him, he would ask me questions and I would answer with scripture. <laughs> and he would just look at me like I was speaking Greek. And he'd ask me a question. I'd answer with, one day he's like, how come you were always throwing scripture in my face? My first response was to get offended. I was like, that's what you're supposed to do as a Christian. But then God began to soften my heart. He began to show me, oh man. They need to know the heart of God before they hear the truth of God. They need to understand who God is before they want anything to do with Him. And so then, instead of throwing out a scripture, I would say the same thing, but in a way that he would hear it. And I tell you what, you frame something in somebody else's language, they soak it up. It's just like Nick. God met him in the world where he was. What was it? What, what was the TV or the, the movie? The Chronicles of Narnia. God used his language to reach Nick. He went where he was, where he connected, and he said, here's who I am. And then... Boom. Now saturating his word. We got to have that part. But sometimes God needs to meet you where you are. Okay. And that's what he uses us for, folks. He uses us to go to the places that aren't common for Christians to go. He uses us to rub elbows with people that uh, Maybe other people didn't get the opportunity. There are people who will never don the door of a church who need Jesus. Amen? Come on now. There are people who will not come in the door of a church. I had, oh, I had a young adult one time tell me that they would be set on fire if they entered into church. Have you ever heard that? Where does that come from? Has anybody ever burst into flames just from walking in the front door of a church? Like, like what am I missing here? Because people will tell you that. They're like, I can't go there. I'll just burst into flame. And I'm like, what? Where'd you even get that? Movies? I mean, where? 
Where's that come from? You get what I'm saying, though? People have built up ideas in their minds. And sometimes God needs to meet them where they are. And then he needs us to point them back to him. And man, watch what God does in changing hearts and lives. Amen. Amen. Guys, this is the, some of the first steps in arming our army. I want to tell you what the year of 2020 is going to be. The year of 2020 is going to be the year that God gave us the opportunity to start fighting his battle in Brookfield, Missouri. This is going to be the year where God says, I am done letting the enemy do anything in Brookfield. I'm going to ignite the churches and we are going to take back this battlefield. Come on, if that doesn't excite you, come on, saints. God wants to do something in our hearts and lives. He's tired of the depression in Brookfield. He's tired of the situations that we see. He's tired of all the negativity. He wants breakthrough and he wants to set us free in Jesus name. Faith. Oh, that's right. You might be hearing that in worship soon. <laughs> Praise God. Listen, guys, it's in the songs that we sing. It's in the proclamations that we say. Allow God to seat it in your heart. Begin to pray with me this week. God, stir something afresh and anew in my heart. You pray it for you. I'll pray for me. But God, start something afresh and new in my heart. Use me, Lord. Teach me how to take Brookfield for your glory. You hear me? God wants to use us to impact lives in the town of Brookfield. I even believe God wants to go beyond Brookfield. He wants to use Brookfield to spark other churches in other areas. And he wants to see things change in our nation and in our world for his glory. Everybody's talking about the end times. You know what precedes the end times? The great revival. And I haven't seen it happen yet. So come on, church. We have got to dig in. We got to get rid of the negativity and say, God, use me today for your glory. Will you agree to pray with me this week about that? If you agree, stand to your feet. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Father God. Lord, you know the hearts and the lives in this building. Lord, you know those that are attached to this church that would call this home. Lord, you know those that are out in the community. God, I pray for all the other churches as well, Lord. We pray right now, Lord. Would you stir something? Ignite our hearts and our spirits. God, get us fed up with the enemy and the lies that have happened. Lord, help us to take the battle back to him. Lord Jesus, help us. Give us the tools to be able to be used for your glory. Lord, today, we stand as the front line for your glory and your benefit. And Lord, we say we commit to you to hear from you and do what you tell us to do. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. 
If you believe it this morning, say amen. 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 Church, look at me. Don't phone this in this week. Okay? Please, take it to God in prayer. Ask God, Lord, how can I be used right now for your glory? Is it prayer? Is it something afresh and anew you're doing in my heart? Use me for your glory and benefit.